This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson, too. Snow can be seen this morning from Manitoba and Ontario, south into northern Minnesota and northwestern Wisconsin. Heavy snow is in the forecast beginning tonight with isolated blizzard conditions continuing into tomorrow. That's after record or near-record highs today. Congressional leaders were unable to find a consensus on a funding bill over the weekend. Without action, USDA and three other major government agencies will run out of money on Friday. Government shutdown uh, for the rest of the agencies is possible after March the 8th. House and Senate leaders will continue meeting this week. The Environmental Protection Agency has approved eight Midwestern governor's petitions to approve year-round sales of E15. That includes Minnesota and South Dakota. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Minnesota Corn Growers Association board member Richard Severson says the decision will not be implemented until 2024. There's an antiquated rule that keeps it from being E15 being sold during the summer month. And so uh, they applied for an exemption uh, to this rule. Now, just the last this last week, EPA announced that, yes, they were going to go along with the governor's petition, but they weren't going to implement it until April of 2025. Now, the uh, EPA has used its emergency authority to approve the use of E15 in 22 and in 23, and so for the 24 driving season now, uh, we anticipate that they will do so again. Lawmakers in Minnesota continue to work for year-round use. Just that when they had the opportunity to approve uh, this governor's petition, they should have just gone ahead and made it applicable to this year as well. Uh, I mean, we've in the last two years, we've proven that the fuel supply is resilient and adaptable enough that we can get E15 to everybody that wants to use it. They should have just uh, gone ahead and approved it. We've had great advocates in Minnesota for E15. Both of our senators, uh, along with Congress uh, people, Craig uh, Finstead and Fishbach, have all been advocating very strongly for this decision. Severson says major pushback comes from the petroleum industry. The opposition comes from people in the petroleum business. They want to sell as many gallons of their product as they can. And so they had, uh, in their testimony, I understand that they had said, well, we won't be able to get the blend stocks in place to do this for this year. Well, like I said, they've been able to get the blend stocks in place the last two years. So I, I really don't know. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota is not among the eight states granted year-round access to E15 ethanol blends. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum signed the original letter in April of 2022, but then rescinded that request six months later to seek a national solution. North Dakota Corn Growers Association President Andrew Mauck disappointed his state is not included in the E15 announcement because it would have reduced consumer costs and been better for the environment. The United States and United Kingdom are continuing to fight back against the Houthi attacks on commercial shipping on the Red Sea. The weekend strikes included underground weapon storage, air defense systems, and radar. The U.S. and U.K. released a statement saying these strikes are intended to disrupt the capabilities of the Houthis 
that they're using to threaten global trade. Bearish action continues in the grains on Friday. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the March option expiration is behind us now, and the next step is first notice day for March futures on Thursday. So we're going to find out who wants to own the crop at that level. And, you know, before that, it's just, uh, you know, this week, uh, China's buying was slow as the market sinks. They usually it's the other way. They pick up the buying. South America bean harvest, uh, very aggressive, uh, and our export sales uh, less than expected this week. So, you know, we've got to move to a place where we uh, react positive to negative news. So far, react negative to negative news and uh, looking for some kind of chart support. And Rose says the market needs to disincentivize Brazil from increasing corn acres. We're higher than South America's bean crop. Um, we're higher than Argentine's corn. We're higher than uh, Ukraine's corn. And so we have to get to a place where I think what we need to do is they're planting corn in uh, Brazil right now. Um, corn down there is about 265. So if you think about it with their yields, they're getting about 250, uh, $250 an acre growth. So um, the signal is not to plant the corn. Let it uh, just take the uh, bean uh, yield that you got and go on with it rather than take a loss. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Corn, soybean, and wheat prices have all come down since last year's Commodity Classic in Orlando. With the March corn contract dropping below 4 bucks per bushel this past week and soybeans trading at new contract lows, Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi expects an entirely different attitude at this year's show. Not only is it bad that the corn market went down, but the cost of money is still extremely high relative to this cost of production of this crop. It's, it's gonna, I got a feeling it's not going to be as many smiley faces and high fives as it has been the last few years. The placements figure was the biggest surprise in Friday's USDA cattle on feed report. Placements in January totaling 1.79 million head, down 7% from last year. Average trade guess was over 11%. Placements were higher than expected, but still an eight-year low the number of cattle on feed just a fraction of 1% higher than a year ago. Marketing's coming in as expected, slightly below year-ago levels. While this winter has been relatively easy on cattle, NDSU Extension Veterinarian and Livestock Stewardship Specialist Dr. Gerald Staka says it's important to improve body condition before the cows need to feed a calf. We kind of shoot for body condition score 5, which is you can't see the ribs and you don't really see the the spine sticking up. You can look at cows and from the front and they got look like they got big bellies, but if the ribs are showing and the, and the spines are showing, they're too thin. And you need to get those cows in better condition because once they calve and start milking, then it's a little bit harder to build back condition. And one of the things that happened to us last year was when they're trying to put on weight and feed themselves and feed the calf, the last thing they're going to do is rebreed. So for those that are calving now, it's a little late, but for those that are calving later, got some thin cows, maybe you sort them off and feed them separately because they need that condition score in order to be able to produce a, ca a calf again for next year. It's important to monitor calves for disease when calving in confined areas. Anytime you're in cold weather calving, you congregate cattle close together and you increase the risk of things, not only like calf scours, but also of, of some respiratory disease as well. So um, we seem to get along for the most part, but then I always seem to hear about the the cases that have kind of gone south, if you will, and where there's treating sick calves or got some death loss going on. And so 
it's just a risk that we face with calving season at this time of the year, outside of this particular year, because it certainly would have worked. Due to technical difficulties, USDA's National Ag Statistics Service delayed Friday's cold storage report. That report will now come out this afternoon. The long fall season will give many farmers a head start this spring. Helena Agri-Enterprises sales representative Tim Stanislawski says that's especially true for fertility. You know, last fall there's spots that, you know, had a really, really good run of fertilizer. And, um, you know, they're going to be way ahead, you know, just because of the fact that if we do have an early spring and, and guys are looking to to uh, get in, they don't have to wait for that fertilizer to, to be applied. So there is uh, there is some pretty good areas that are that did really well and but there are some areas also that uh, you know maybe had some conditions where they couldn't get in or you know whatever the situation was but um, there's still a lot of fertilizer to go. Stanislavski believes a lot of buying decisions still need to be made. You know, talking to retailers out there um, still a lot of indecision and um, it, you know I think there's you know there's some crops that uh, you know that are pretty much I'd say baked but uh, there's a lot of indecision like I said before of different crops that still could be done and and uh, you know there's there's a few people that are looking still for you know I don't if it's wheat or if it's you know beans or corn or whatever it is so there's there's still a lot of lot of opportunity yet. European farmers are protesting today with agriculture ministers meeting in Brussels. Over 100 tractors are blocking traffic around the EU headquarters and farmers set tires on fire. Protests have been happening throughout Europe with farmers seeing less regulation, including the possibility of exempting small farms from some environmental regulations. The farmers are also seeking higher commodity prices and adjustment in trade policy. Enrollment begins Wednesday for the Dairy Margin Coverage Safety Net Program. The USDA program compensates dairy farmers to offset milk and feed price differences. The rules have been changed to allow eligible dairy farmers to make a one-time adjustment to their production history. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Well, after approving a petition for E15 sales by eight states, EPA will delay implementation until the summer of 2025. We get more from Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson. The EPA has announced that there just isn't enough time before this summer to put the new E15 rule into action yet so it is being delayed until the summer of 2025. Iowa Renewable Fuels Association CEO Monty Shaw has mixed feelings about this new rule and the decision by the EPA to delay it. Very excited that we finally have a final rule, even if it's a year and a half late, but we're equally frustrated that at the last minute they delayed it yet another year because now we don't know what is going to come uh, for consumers and motorists in the summer of 2024. Shaw says that work is being done to try to find a way to get E15 sales started earlier, but at the very least, it is nice to have some certainty in the market going into 2025. That is good news. I don't want to minimize that. But at the same time, we've got to get to 2025. So we have to find, we have two things on our to-do list left. We've got to find a solution for this summer, and then we really want to take this outside the eight states and go nationwide as well, probably with uh, legislation in Congress. So. Good news today, 
a little frustrated by the delay because it, it, it just gives us one more thing that we've got to fix. That was Iowa Renewable Fuels Association CEO Monty Shaw. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. A coalition of nearly 50 state and national farm groups has submitted comments on an EPA proposal to require livestock and poultry farmers to report routine air emissions. EPA initially exempted routine emissions from the natural breakdown of animal waste to focus on accidental spills. Activist groups filed a lawsuit against EPA to include the routine farm emissions. The National Pork Producers Council said there is no legitimate reason for that portion of the farm emissions reporting rule. Checking markets, we are down this morning, down four and a quarter for Minneapolis wheat. The May contract right now, 642 and a half. Chicago wheat for May, 563 and a quarter, five and three quarter down. Hard red winter May, uh, wheat May down by five and three quarters. May corn, three and a quarter down, 410 and a quarter. And the soybean market, the May contract, 11.39 and a half, that's down two and a quarter as we look at those prices here in the overnight trade. Checking in on the farm calendar, it is Commodity Classic. Uh, we'll have activities beginning uh, in full earnest on Wednesday. Uh, the site for this year's Commodity Classic is Houston. And uh, a lot of great seminars, huge trade show. We'll be reporting on all of that right here on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota State University Extension is hosting a conference for women in agriculture. That will be held on uh, Friday and Saturday. That will be held in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. And a program uh, looking in at uh, strip-till cover crops in sugar beet rotations will be held Tuesday of next week in Wapiton. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.